Okay, so last week we talked about love, and we did a recap on love. We had you take the tests, and I read through all the tests. I prayed through all the tests. I read all the results. I guessed at who wrote what. Um, it was really helpful, honestly, for me to look through it all and process through it all. Um, and what I found is the majority of us in the body, uh, those here today and those not, Basically, most everybody is hungry for real kingdom family, and we all want it, and we all um, are willing to be a part of it for the most part, but we're a ways from actually having it. And so Rachel and I are just spending the holidays praying, okay, God, you told us at the beginning of this semester, the main goal is team and family, team and family, team and family, team and love, kingdom community. So what changes need to happen in order for us to really wholeheartedly embody what we've been talking about this whole semester? And uh, we're praying through it, we're thinking through it, and I hope that um, soon all of us are going to link arms together and press in hard for kingdom community because it's what the Lord's called us to and it's what most all of us are desiring. I think if we can press in a little bit harder and break through and get to that next level, uh, of community, the Lord is going to pour out a lot of favor and grace along with it, okay? So I'm excited about that. Um, today's message is about thankfulness. I printed out all the scriptures that I'm going to be talking about today, so that's what you guys have. And if you need some scriptures to help you remember to be thankful, you can keep this in your Bible, fold it up, and keep it there. Today, the goal is to plainly communicate what the benefits of being thankful are. Okay, so the Bible's full of verses talking about Thanksgiving, full of them, all over the place. The Bible's talking about Thanksgiving. So Psalms 92, 1 through 2, first one on your list. Y'all read it with me. It says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening. David says, it is so good to praise the Lord. It is so good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to his name, to give him praise in the morning, to give him praise in the evening. That is good. Amen? Psalms 34, 1 through 3. David says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. Oh, y'all going on. That's cool, that's cool. Y'all can stop there. I was stopping on the word constantly. Thank you very much. All right. I know, I know. Y'all did great. Y'all did amazing. I will praise the Lord at all times. All is also up there, okay? I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us test, tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt the name of the Lord. Amen. So David says all the time, I'm going to praise the Lord. First uh, is Colossians 3.17. It says, whatever you do, say whatever. Whatever you do. What's it say next? Whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Okay? So whatever you do, that means if I am walking from here to there, I'm going to give thanks. If I am sleeping, 
I'm supposed to do that. If I am working, I'm supposed to give thanks. Whatever I'm doing, if I need to go to the restroom, whatever I'm doing, the Lord says I'm supposed to give thanks to him and everything. Why? Because it's because of him I'm able to do anything at all, right? So whatever you do, the Lord says to thank him and to honor him. Psalms 104, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give him thanks and praise to his name. All right? So when we come before the Lord, when we enter his gates, we're supposed to come with thanksgiving and with praise. When you enter into his presence, that's what he loves. That's what he enjoys. When we, when we pick up the kids for school, like if I'm supposed to pick up the kids for school, and let's pretend that my minivan has gates and the kids come into my presence and they don't have Thanksgiving, which may have happened once or twice, right? And that door, the gates open, they come into my presence and they're grumpy and they're negative and they're complaining. Do I want to be with them in that car? No. I do not want them in my presence. I do not want them in my gates. I want to close my gates and say, walk home. Anybody else with me? Okay. But when they open the door, when the gates open and they come in and they have Thanksgiving and they say something sweet or kind or they're excited about their day, I can't wait to be with them. I can't wait to listen to them. I can't wait to find out what was great about their day, right? The Lord, we were made in his image. He has emotions and feelings just like you and I do, right? So when you come into his gates and his minivan door opens up, if you come in with thanksgiving, he loves to be near you. When you come into his gates being grumpy or sad or depressed or whatever it is, he still loves to be with you. <laughs> Rachel's my theological fact checker. Thank you. <laughs> but the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. A little context to go with that verse. The rest of the verses around it, Psalms 100, 1 through 5. It says, shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. Amen. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Amen. Hallelujah. Is that good? Okay. Psalms 103. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Okay? Everybody say that with me. Forget not all his, y'all stop saying it, benefits. You have to say it as slow as I write. Thanks. Okay. Forget not all his benefits. Okay? Forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not his benefits. This was a, a theme throughout the scriptures where constantly the Lord was telling us, remember my benefits. Don't forget about the goodness that I've done for you. 
And we're supposed to not only remember ourselves, but we're supposed to transfer that onto our children. It says when you're walking up and down the street, when you're sitting down at dinner, when you're laying down at bed, tell your, your kids about my goodness. Tell them about my benefits. Why is it important for you to remember all his benefits over you? What happens if you forget his benefits? If you choose not to remember his benefits, what happens inside of you? Bad stuff. Any, any thoughts? You go somewhere else to get it, yeah. Hopelessness, yep. Absolutely. They say that depression, uh, you can work, you can think yourself, this is scientifically proven, you can think yourself into a full-blown chemical depression in three days. I could go from fully joyful, happy, fine, remembering his benefits, and if I begin to think on the negative things, I could cause a chemical reaction in my body based on my negative thoughts that would put me into a full-blown chemical depression. Isn't that crazy? When we choose not to remember all his benefits, it's easy to go down that path and to work ourselves down into a slump. But if we're in a slump and we choose to remember all his benefits, if you're sitting there thinking all day long of his goodness, man, I remember that one time I was broke and I had no money and we had no way to pay the bills and bam, God showed up. Wow. What's going to happen physically in your body? It's going to release chemicals in your body. It's going to release chemicals in your brain. It's going to start to pull you up out of the pit. Amen? So it's incredibly powerful to forget not all his benefits. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, be thankful in what? All? Everybody's afraid to talk to me now. I know. I'm terrible. I'm sorry. Okay, it says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belonged in Christ Jesus. Read your paper again. Read it out loud. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is Do it again. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's Amen. Okay, so what is God's will for you? You're amazing. You get an A. Way to go. God's will for you is to be thankful in all circumstances. I'm going to say it again. God's will, his desire, his hunger is for you to be thankful in all circumstances. Okay? So whether... You are uh, in, a, in a dark place, and you feel like there's no hope for you. God's will for you, God's desire for you, is to be thankful in that place. And if you have no money, and you can't pay your bills, God's will for you in that place is to be thankful. Okay? And if you're joyful, and everything's going well, God's will for you in that moment is to be thankful in all circumstances. Right? <coughs> you just won the lottery, be thankful in all circumstances. Your family just died. God's will for you is to be thankful in all circumstances. Okay? In all circumstances, no matter what is going on, his will for you is to be thankful. 
Now we're going to talk about why. How could God expect you to be thankful in the worst of times? Right? That doesn't make any sense. How could, how could the Lord's desire for you to be thankful in those kind of moments? So let's look at what happens when you choose to be thankful. I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. <laughs> this, is that, this is that fancy one I told you about last week that I, I had to put together. You know what happened? I just opened it, and I pulled it out. It was already put together, so I could have used it last week, but I didn't. Okay, so now I want to look at why. What's that, a magnet? Wow. Why (laughs) does the Lord want you to be thankful in every circumstance? Psalms 50, 23. Do Do you know what it says? Read it to me. What's it say? Sacrifice, thank offerings. Okay. Those who sacrifice, thank offerings, honor me, says the Lord. What's the scripture before that say? It says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus. Why? Because those who sacrifice, thank offerings, honor me. Okay. Why do you think the Lord himself calls your thanksgiving to him a sacrifice? Because sometimes giving thanks is hard, right? Especially if you're in a bad place, right? So a sacrifice is something that is valuable. Hopefully I know how to spell. We're going to find out. A sacrifice is something that matters to you, something that costs you something, something that is valuable to you. You cannot give a sacrifice that does not cost you anything. David, whenever the Lord told him the plague was happening because of his sin and it was wiping out part of the nation and the Lord said, okay, go and offer sacrifice to me at this place. And he ran to this place and said, I need to buy your land so I can offer sacrifice to the Lord. And he said, okay, here, take it. And David says, no, I will not offer sacrifices to the Lord that cost me nothing. Okay? A sacrifice is costly. Okay? Shush. Costly. So a sacrifice is something that costs you. And when you sacrifice something, you surrender it. You give it over. You release full control of it. It is no longer yours. You've given it completely. Okay? Now, an offering, an offering is something that you give in honor to somebody else. This is valuable to me, and I see the value in you, and I am ascribing this value to you by giving you an offering. Okay? So the Lord himself says, those who sacrifice, who give something valuable and costly, thank offerings to me, they ascribe honor to me, okay? So the Lord himself believes that your thanksgiving is valuable to him. Isn't that good? The Lord believes that your thanks is valuable 
and costly. And he cherishes it as a way of you ascribing honor to him. And so that's why he says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will, his desire for you who are in Christ Jesus, because it is costly to give of your thanks. All right, let's go to the next part. Proverbs 18, 20 through 21. I'm going to have to erase again. And this is where I run out of space. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Woo! You are good all the time. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's read it together. Proverbs 18, 20 through 21. It says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. They are like, what the heck does that mean? Okay, this is a man's stomach. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate that. Great art skills. Okay, so what does it say? It says, read it to me again. With the fruit, this is an apple, not a bottom. <laughs> Too many minions going on. This is an apple. This is fruit, okay? So this fruit is what satisfies you. It fills you, okay? In the scriptures, in the Hebrew thinking, where was your spirit? Anybody know that I'm showing you with my hand? <laughs> They believe that your spirit sat in this region, okay? So I don't know if you ever are worshiping and you find yourself, like, touching this area. Anybody ever do that? Why don't you touch here? Why don't you touch your heart? Or why don't you touch your mind? We often touch this area, right? The Hebrews believe this, this your spirit resides in this area. Don't ask me any questions. Okay, so, <laughs> but if... From the, fr the fruit of your mouth, your stomach is full, okay? You are satisfied by the fruit of your mouth. And then it goes on to say that the fruit of your mouth, your lips, the words coming out of your mouth, have the power of life and death, okay? Which means that the words coming out of your mouth can fill you with either life or with death. You all with me? Okay? The words coming from your mouth will fill you with either life or death. And Jesus' desire is what? John 10.10. 10. Right. John 10.10, 10, Jesus says, I have come to give you life and to give it abundantly. But the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. This is the devil's desire. This is Jesus' desire for you. But notice that this fruit comes from what comes out of your mouth, and you will be filled by it. There is a cycle that goes on here, okay? So where do the words of your mouth come from? The heart. Okay. There's a scripture that goes along with that. It is Matthew 15, 18. Jesus said, but the words you speak come from your heart, Okay? So, your words come from your heart. 
So the things inside of your heart are what produce the fruit that are coming out of your lips, and that fruit is either life or death, and that is what's going to fill you or satisfy your stomach, your spirit, your being, okay? It's all connected right here. So Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for out of it comes the wellspring of life. Okay, now there's more to it than just the words coming from your mouth, but this is a piece of it. So can you see, if out of your heart comes the wellspring of life, the things inside of your heart also come out of your lips, and that is the fruit of your lips, and that fills you to satisfy you, and it's either life or death. Everybody tracking with me? Okay, so then, let's move on. Philippians 4, verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Okay? In every situation, in every situation, tough or amazing, the Lord is near. And the Lord values your thankfulness. Do you remember Jesus with the ten lepers? He heals ten dudes of leprosy. They all run away. And one dude comes back to say thank you. And Jesus is touched deep in his spirit. He's like, wow, thank you that, you're, that you came to me. And so sad that the other nine never came to give thanks. Because giving thanks is valuable to the Lord. It is an offering. It is a sacrifice. And it is costly. And the Lord recognizes it. And it accredits you as something that you've given to him of value. Okay? So, he says, the Lord is near. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay? So it says, do not be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition. In what? Thanksgiving. Okay. Now track with me. It's going to get a little crazy right now. Are you ready? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, there it is again, all, every circumstance, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. So to me, thanksgiving is kind of like this gift wrap of your prayers and your petitions, okay? So with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and then God will give you the peace which transcends all understanding, okay? So then God gives peace to you. What does the peace do? It guards your heart. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So if you want your heart to have life inside of it, and the words coming from your mouth, which are the fruit, which will bring a life or death back into your body, to be good things in your heart, you need to guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart. This is a lock, in case you can't tell which I know you can because you think I'm an amazing artist. <laughs> okay, enough. Now can you tell? 
that's a lock. Okay, so Proverbs says guard your heart, protect it, fight for it, to keep what's inside of it pure and holy because there's more to it than what's just inside here. Okay, so then God and Paul says in Philippians or whatever verse, yeah, Philippians 4, he says in every circumstance with prayer and petition covered by thanksgiving, present your request to God and he will release peace upon you and that peace will guard your heart. Okay? God's peace is the thing that guards your heart and protects it and keeps it pure and holy so that you can be filled with abundant life. Okay? All right. Let's try to go a little farther. Then he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Because according to verse 4, the Lord is near always. Okay? So Paul's explaining, in every situation, come to God with prayer and petition, covered in thanksgiving, present it to God. He will release peace, which transcends all understanding and guards your heart. Okay? Now how do you do that? How do you have the trust in God to, to bring to him prayer and petition? One way that you do it is by meditating on his goodness. What did we say earlier? Forget not all his benefits is what the Lord's desire is for you. Forget not all his benefits. When you are sad, when you are depressed, when you're having a hard time, when things don't go your way, when things are not working out, and you're in a low place, what's going to happen in your heart if you begin to remember his goodness? You get lifted up, right? You begin to be filled with joy and thanksgiving. And then it starts this cycle. And when the cycle begins, your heart bubbles up. And out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then out of your mouth comes thanksgiving. And then out of your mouth is fruit of life, which then fills your soul again. And it's a cycle that goes again and again and again. So when you are down and low and things are not going your way, we must remember his goodness. Because remembering his goodness, meditating on all of his benefits, will allow you to come to him trusting that he is good. And you will put your prayer and petition together with thanksgiving. Bring it to him. He'll give you peace, which guards your heart. And again, you with me? Okay. Notice that in this list of things that he tells us is that we need to think on, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think of these things. Does he ever say the word God or Jesus or Holy Spirit or heaven? No. The answer is no. I know that was a hard one. <laughs> okay, he never says anything good. Why does he never say anything connected with God when you're thinking of the good things? Because James 1.17 says that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows. See, Paul understands that every good thing in our life comes from the Father. It is a gift from the Father because he loves us so much and he pours it out. So when you're thinking of something good, you are thinking of a gift coming from the Father, whether you realize it or not. And if you will begin to realize, uh, focus and meditate on good things, it will connect your spirit to the Lord and bring thankfulness out to the Lord. Okay? Hey, will you kick the AC on? Go to 71. 
Proverbs 17, 22. It says, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. So what creates a joyful heart? We've already talked about it a little bit. Thanksgiving, thinking of good stuff, meditating, remembering all of his benefits. So if you are not joyful and you want to be joyful, what should you do? You should stop and you should remember all of his benefits. And if you're not sure how to remember all of his benefits, all you got to do is think of anything good and the Holy Spirit will connect you to the Lord because everything good in your life is a gift from the Father given to you because he loves you. Amen? So let's go on. Philippians 4, Paul continues, verse 11. It says, For I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. Okay? And then he says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. But to me, there's a little pause in between those two sections, okay? The word content, it means in the Greek, it means to be strong enough or processing enough to need no aid or support independent of external circumstances. That's the word content in the Greek. And I think a lot of times when we think content, we think of just kind of peaceful. Everything is okay, right? But the word content really refers to being able to handle things on your own, in a sense. So our friend Floyd McClung, who's in the hospital and has been for nine months, he cannot feed himself. He is not content according to the Greek word. Okay? But you are content in that you can handle yourself. You don't need external people or things to help you survive. Okay? Let's hit pause and pray for Floyd. Let's just lift up all our voices together. Father, we lift up Floyd. We bless him in the name of Jesus. Again, we speak to that body. Rise up. Be healed and set right. Brain, connect with his body like it's supposed to, like it is in heaven. Let it be on earth. Bring life into his body. We declare that Floyd has decades more of changing the kingdom of God. We speak life over him, and we break every work of the devil over him in Jesus' name. Amen. And we declare that he will soon be content in Jesus' name. Okay, so Paul says, I've learned to be content. I don't need anything to, regardless of my circumstances. Whether I'm rich or whether I'm poor, whether I'm happy or whether rough things are going on, I'm content, I'm satisfied. How did he get that way? He says he got that way because Jesus can help him do things. But I believe that verse 4 through 8 is a caveat that you can squeeze right in that spot. Because this is his secret of being content in every situation. Is no matter what the situation he has going on, he is coming to God with prayer and petition and thanksgiving. Because he's thinking of God's goodness. Therefore he has the trust to do it. So then he comes to God with thanksgiving and God releases peace which protects his heart. Which then wellspring of life comes out of his mouth and it's a cycle bringing him contentness contentment no matter what situation he's in all right psalms 28:7 it says the lord is my strength and my safe cover my heart trusts in him and i am helped so my heart is full of joy and i will thank him with my song all right so we got one more scripture and then we're done but check it out the Lord is my strength and my safe cover. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. So my heart is full of joy. 
If you are able to trust in the Lord, your heart will be filled with joy. Okay? How do you get to the place where you're able to trust in the Lord? You forget not. Y'all got a little lazy now. Come on. We're turning the corner. I'm trying to get you out of here. Forget not all his benefits. Okay? How do you have trust in the Lord? You meditate and you forget not all his benefits. You think on good things because that will connect you with the Lord. When you trust in the Lord, it will allow you to come to him in prayer and petition with thanksgiving. And then it will take you to God. God will release peace to protect your heart, which is the wellspring of life. And out of your heart will speak life. And the fruit of your tongue will bring life, which will fill you and fill your heart with joy. And if you will do the cycle, guess what happens? It becomes a snowball that continues over and over and over and over again. Okay? And it will bring you more life. The more you speak of his praises and his goodness... The more life you're going to be satisfied with and filled with, and the more your heart is going to trust in him and be full of joy, and you're going to speak it again and be filled and speak it again and be filled and speak it again and be filled, and it will go on and on and on. So the key here today is if you are in a place where you're not feeling thanks to the Lord, if you're in a place where you feel like, I just, I can't say those words. This stinks in my life. I'm not happy with this situation. This is really, really hard. There is a place for being honest, and there is a place for that. But along with that, the key to get out of it is to come with thanksgiving before the Lord. And the key to be able to have that little tiny bit of trust to be able to come to the Lord and ask Him for something is by forgetting not His benefits, by meditating on His goodness. And that will give you the strength to come to Him in thanksgiving, asking Him to come and show up in your life. You'll take it before him. He will release peace, which transcends all understanding. That peace will come into your heart. It will guard your heart, which is the wellspring of life. And out of your wellspring of life, your mouth will speak, which will produce fruit, which will satisfy you with the abundant life Jesus is talking about. Amen? So last scripture. I want you all to say it with me. It's Psalms 92. 3 through 15. And just imagine that as we say it, we are being accompanied by a 10-stringed instrument played by an octopus and a harp and the melody of a lyre. Are you all ready? We're going to start with You Thrill Me. Let's stand up together. It'll get slightly weird, but just hang in there with me. Are you ready? You thrill me, Lord, with all you have done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done. Oh, Lord, what great works you do. And how deep are your thoughts. Only a simpleton would not know. And only a fool would not understand this. Though the wicked sprout like weeds and evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, O oh Lord, will be exalted forever. Your enemies, Lord, will surely perish. All evildoers will be scattered. But you have made me as strong as a wild ox. You have anointed me with the finest oil. 
My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the defeat of my wicked opponents. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare, the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. Amen. So listen, if you want to flourish like a palm tree, if you want to grow strong like a cedar of Lebanon, if you want to be transplanted into the courts of your God, this is the key. Thankfulness to the Lord. Forgetting not his benefits, coming before him with prayer and petition wrapped in thanksgiving, sharing it with the Lord, him releasing peace which transcends all understanding, which in turn guards your heart, which is the wellspring of life. And out of that wellspring of life from your heart, your mouth will speak and the fruit of your lips will be life, an abundant life that Jesus promises, which you will be satisfied by. Amen. So, Father, as we come into Thanksgiving this week, would you help us and lead us to be men and women who are constantly content and thankful in every single situation and in everything that we do. Help us to be thankful, Father. We love you, Lord. Amen.